You call uh, Justice Brett Kavanaugh, Justice Brewski. He likes beer. He's angry about it. He likes beer. You look a lot like him freaking out right now, and it's scary. Master number. And we are masters. Yes, we are. Yeah. Wow. Number 22 of Off the Charts, a stellar newscast. It's Mm -hmm. brought to you today by every single planet in the solar system moving direct. And this is only going to happen once this year, folks. So bask, bask in the loveliness of forward motion. I am Whitney McKnight Fishburn. I am in tropical South Florida also known as DeSantistan, but I am joined from cold and gray New York. This is my colleague, co-host, and fellow astrologer, Elizabeth Grace. It's cold and gray and rainy, you know, and then there should be snow and there's no snow. We are both renegades from corporate media. Elizabeth and I report and analyze the cosmic impulses behind the news. We want to show you how the status quo media functions as part of a system that's designed to distract you from what's really true about the gift of life on this beautiful blue bowling ball and how that media manipulates you into working against your best interests. That's a lot of words, but basically we bring you news from the Ensouled universe where cycles within cycles suggest there's a greater consciousness unfolding us. It moves through us and around us. It's a larger intelligence that extends beyond what we could ever possibly imagine. And most importantly, Elizabeth and I want to encourage you to participate consciously in this unfoldment of what the beautiful, eternal, and giving universe has in store. And is that yet another pair of new glasses? No, these are the ones of mine that you love. These are the oh, new okay. ones. Excellent. They're great. <laughs> They're great. Whitney has a new look for 2023. I love it. And how are things with you? It's been, I think, six weeks since we came to our audience, almost six weeks or around there. A lot of new subscribers, and we want to welcome our subscribers from Turkey, Australia, Canada, and we are at almost one year of broadcasting or podcasting, I guess we should say. Yeah, it would not be possible without our incredible listenership. So thank you. And we will be talking to you more about things that we plan to do to make it even more fun for you. Uh, and we'll get to that at the end of the show. So... This episode is going to do four things. It's going to review the predictions that we've gotten right in the last few months, just to let people know that, you know, we we set the mark and then we hit it. Uh, we're going to go through some current transits and how they're playing out in the news. We have a new department of they, where we show how the status quo media and others are trying to distract and manipulate you. What we'll do is we'll put some news in an ensouled context so you feel empowered instead of disempowered. And then we're going to give those announcements that I talked about. So let's get rolling. All right, ma'am, start us off. You have all these fab predictions. They were all phenomenal. Let's start with the 118th Republican-led House, which I said was going to be a shit show. And I don't know. I didn't even know what a shit show meant when I said that. But wow, if I didn't know before. (laughs) Well, you know, I have to say that um, shit show is the actual technical term. And you said that. Yeah. So in episodes 20 and 21, Whitney made a very bold, you know, it it was prescient and bold. And she said, you know what, the Republicans are simply not going to be able to govern. 
they're going, you know, their their house leadership position in the, in the House of Representatives, they're simply not going to be able to pull it together. And she was absolutely spot on by uh, arguing that the newly vitalized and diverse Democratic Party under the leadership of Hakeem Jeffries would be sailing tightly into this brave new world. And the planetary patterns suggested by the full moon back on December 7th, hit some key points in certain Republican charts and that of the new Congress. And this would mean that they would literally be shredding themselves to stay in power. Those and those, exact words. <laughs> those were her shredding themselves to stay in power. And I listened to that and I thought, okay, well, we're going to see that. We're going to see what happens. And it did happen. All right. We had uh, speaker house speaker, Kevin McCarthy, uh, finally being elected House Speaker on the 15th try and pretty much um, burning down everything. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I mean, yeah. We did discover in the hiatus that we have a accurate birth time for House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. We didn't have that. I wasn't aware that we actually do have a birth time of 12.40 p.m., uh, for him, I, we were working with a noon chart. And so we now know that the House Speaker has a Gemini ascendant. So he's putting on a mask of eternal, well, the downside would be eternal youth and Peter Panism. Yeah, well, never, never well Mars was just kicking his butt. Yeah. So the 118th Congress in the horoscope of the 118th, 118th Congress, what was remarkable about the, uh, remarkable about the start of that initiative, which would have been January 3rd at noon. That's when our constitution mandates that the new Congress exists. So even though nobody was sworn in until the middle of the night, a couple of weeks later, a week later or something, um, we still use that chart. And in that chart, it was very interesting that the ruler sort of driving the force of the 118th Congress was Mars retrograde in Gemini, in the second house, meaning the house of values and money. And the moon in Gemini was close to an exact meetup conjunction is the technical term with that Mars. So basically, um, when Dan Rather wrote his missive just after January 3rd, he described it as a cyclone of crazy and the fact that he used the word cyclone, which is an air turbulence thing, is fitting for this moon and Mars in Gemini, which is an air sign, this turbulent, multitasking, you know, trying to have everything two sides, both ways, and not getting much accomplished. That, so that's how things got started in this airy, blustery, crazy mess. But Pluto, which is extremes, co-ruling in the, in the modern um, astrological perspective with Mars. Um, Pluto's about ready to dip its toe into Aquarius, mm -hmm. which is air. It's fixed air. Mm -hmm. um, but Aquarius, um, in the language of astrology, for those of you who are joining us that are not um, too versed in astrological terms, Aquarius is a sign in the zodiac that we often will attribute to um, more dispassionate ways of moving forward what humanity needs in order to progress. So what we just witnessed happen in our Congress 
not progress. <laughs> it's more of a dissolution. It's more of a shambles. And that we've discussed at length because that has to do with Pluto being at the very end of Capricorn, which is tightly controlled organization. And Pluto's extreme and Pluto has been retrograde and Saturn has just gone through there. And we've had Jupiter through there. And, you know, we have had a lot of podcasts describing that. But what's happened is, is that basically everything's falling down and it's supposed to because it's time for a new era. And Pluto is going to hit Aquarius for a couple of months and then it's going to re retrograde back out. But it's going to go in and it's going to give us this kind of refreshing, maybe even a little frightening because it's going to be different way of getting things done. So this is how they started in with this cyclonic, cyclonic energy. But Pluto in another air sign is going to bring an extreme change of direction. I don't, I don't know what that's going to look like, but it's not. Here, here's the prediction. I don't think any of the things that the Republicans, uh, particularly the, the Freedom Caucus, as they call themselves, who are the ones who, who made the shit show real. Um, I don't think things are going to go the way they expect. Well, they, they can't go the way they expect. One thing that's interesting about the chart for the 118th Congress is the, the, the leader, the planet that symbolizes the leader of this entity is Saturn in Aquarius, which is about as high functioning as you can get. But it's in normal isolated. terms. Yeah, in, in normal, normal terms. terms. Yeah. It's high functioning, but in this chart, it is isolated. It doesn't have, it, it, there's, it's not connected to any of the planets in the rest of the planets. And so it's isolated, but it is still very strongly placed. So the Senate is not going to go along with whatever this house wants to do. And president Biden will veto anything that comes out of it, like efforts to cut social security, which now the, you know, the Republicans who are in charge of the house are making absolutely no there's just there's they're not even hiding it that they definitely are going after social programs um, like Social Security and Medicare, et cetera. That's on the table. But they can't they don't they don't have they don't control everything. So they're, they're not going to be what they can do is that they can they can make a lot of noise. You know, they can throw a lot of crap around and make things ugly and try to influence where they think things are going to go in 2024. And that really is an election that has far greater stakes than the one we just went through. I know everybody says, oh, this is the most important election of all time. Well, the 2024 election is now going to be the most important election of all time. So everybody listening better make sure you're registered to vote and stay, stay in touch with things. And please vote in your local elections and your primaries because... Um, you know, everything you do leading up to 2024 creates that moment. Okay, we're not even commenting on what they believe or what they say they believe or what they think is true. And I'm not even commenting on that. It's just simply their conduct. You cannot have a carnival atmosphere and expect to get business done. So you had another, you had a fantastic prediction, which I, you, we love schadenfreude on this show. And I did we enjoy do. a little I, I did enjoy the schadenfreude. You call uh, Justice Brett Kavanaugh, Justice Brewski, because he likes beer. By he his likes own beer! He's, he's very angry. angry. He's angry about it. He likes beer. Do I make myself perfectly clear? I like beer. So back in 2018, uh, for his confirmation hearings, uh, and, and at the time, um, you, you could see 
even without a birth time for Brett Kavanaugh, we could see how his status was likely to be elevated because astrology, you know, he had Jupiter, uh, I believe it was squaring his 23 degrees Aquarius sun. I think it's at 23. We don't have a birth time, so it could be 24. I think it might be 24. Um, However, I might have sent you one. If I had to hazard a guess, uh, you know, an intelligent guess as to when his, when he was born. Um, Anger is so much a part of his persona. And he seems to be so about things, which is the um, layman's translation of Virgo when it's behaving badly. She's so okay. I was going to say, just, with somebody who has a lot of Virgo on her chart. <laughs> you were, well, I have, I have, I also have Virgo in my chart. So I, I have it. It's, 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 believe me, it's, it's there. Um, you know, that when translating and what we're saying is that a Virgo planet, anything in Virgo, the astrological translation is that this energy, whether it's your moon or your Mars, which is how you need to take action uh, or Venus, which are whatever you value, things that you love, when expressed through Virgo, the need is for perfection in exacting detail. And sometimes that's great. And sometimes it doesn't go so well. But with um, Kavanaugh, he has Mars and Virgo. We know this regardless of his birth time. He has Mars and Virgo retrograde. So there's a very long fuse here in terms of action and seeking perfection in action. And it's quite possible. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he had this Mars close to his ascendant because that anger was so clearly, it's so clearly there. I mean, it's just, I mean, you just, you just it was amazing uh, how explosive his confirmation hearings were and how um, angry he, uh, how upfront he was about that anger. There was just no hiding it. So I'm, anyway, I'm gonna a, well, now I'm going to make an editorial comment about that. You can be a mature person with um, Mars retrograde in Virgo and perhaps close to your ascendant. I would say that the reason why he acted the way he acted had a lot more to do with entitlement. Yeah. And also maybe some direction that, you know, putting on that tough demeanor. I mean, we see this, this has become a pattern. This is a page that was set in motion. This is the model of, of uh, Roy Cohn telling Donald Trump how to handle scandal, deny everything and push back with anger and bluster. And that's been a workable strategy. Okay. But getting to the prediction, the prediction that was made for Brett Kavanaugh, um, 2000, 2018, you're kind of going, is anything going to be, is, is he ever going to be held accountable for these alleged, um, you know, inappropriate behavior, sexual assault of Christine Blasey Ford, as she testified, and other, another woman? When, when is this going to be brought to account? And you can look at his horoscope, even without a birth time, and see that Saturn, which is a streamlining, taskmaster, control, puts a damper on things. We can look ahead and see that Saturn was going to be on his Aquarius sun. He is the sun in Aquarius. This month, January 2023, and almost to the exact day of this happening, then, and I think this pattern was has was in effect. He had a couple of hits of it in 2022, but the third one that drives it home coincided with the release of a secret documentary. If you guys haven't heard of it, 
called Justice, in which um, a Hollywood filmmaker went around and interviewed other people who had who had spoken and expressed concerns about Kavanaugh's disturbing behavior that should not have given him a seat on the Supreme Court. Yeah, and, like and, and like you clockwork. predicted it. And, and so I knew that something has to come down. I, something had to come down and it's come down. And since this film premiered last week at Sundance, it was only viewed a couple of times, screened a couple of times. It is reignited this issue of, oh my God, there were 4,500 tips that were called in to the FBI tip line. And it was revealed in 2021 that those tips were then forwarded to the White House where they ended up in the trash can or wherever they went. And since this film had, this documentary was released last week, the filmmaker says that they are getting more tips. So this is just very interesting. So then you look at it and you go, okay, what's the next step here? Well, the ruler of his ascendant in midheaven, Kavanaugh's ascendant in midheaven, was eclipsed, activated. You know, eclipse happened on November 8th of 2022. And so we can look ahead as to when that eclipse will be activated, which is going to happen in a few months. I, I don't have it in front of me. I think in May or June when um, I think June is when when Mars is going to trigger that eclipse and it's going to be activated again. His Mercury, what? Oh, I have a question. You're saying his his angles are going to be no, not the angles. No, because we don't know what time. We don't know. We don't have a birth time. But if he has a Virgo ascendant with Mars close to the ascendant, then he probably has angles that are being activated by Neptune. He's probably getting that's a possibility. We'll have to see how this develops because Neptune is dissolves whatever it touches. That's one potential. And it's definitely opposing his Mars, Kavanaugh's Mars, suggesting perhaps um, a dissolving of his power to be persnickety and detailed and exacting in action. Something is fogged up about, about this part of his persona. He will be dealing with issues of bewilderment, wipeout, scandal. These are, these are potentials that mm-hmm. he would have, or just having him not be able to assert himself in any meaningful way, because Neptune in a challenging aspect with Mars, which is, you know, the energy to act is diffused. The other thing that happens in his horoscope is that next year. So he's got the sat, he has Saturn on the sun now, which we would expect there to be a streamlining or a renewed focused ambition. That's another, I mean, we don't know. The the pattern can manifest in upside potentials and downside potentials. Next year, the planet Uranus will be squaring his Aquarius sun. And so that could be a disruptive pattern. It could also suggest some kind of breakout opportunity. The bottom line here is, I was expecting some kind of hammer to come down, some kind of reality check to come down, coinciding, quote unquote, with transiting Saturn on Kavanaugh's sun. And this is what's happened. And we'll see if this documentary film has any legs. 4,500 tips. That's 
that's a lot. I mean, so I'm really curious how they're, they're vetting the sources and what they're going through. Now, that being said, the, the sheer numbers of that are a little overwhelming to me to think about. But that being said, I, I think there's something there. I think there's very much something there because the stories are, they're, they're graphic. Yeah. And they're traumatized. These people are traumatized. This is not made up stuff. So something's going on. I'll be very curious to find out what else is revealed uh, and what this movie has and, and the people who are behind the movie that are still gathering the information. I'll be really curious. And now that you've laid out a, a path with the transits, we can start seeing how this plays out over the next, I don't know, 18 months. Yeah. But we should be seeing some interesting, there should be some provocation when Mars goes into Leo this summer, it's going to make contact with um, four planets in his horoscope, two of which were eclipsed on the November 8th lunar eclipse. Yeah. yeah. And also and so, um, Venus retrograde will be square his natal Venus. Uh, Venus retrograde will be in Leo. So it will be opposing his natal Venus and also all of those other Leo, all of those other Aquarius planets. So there should be some things that come out in August and as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a very interesting year. So that was a prediction. That was a prediction that was made in 2018. And sometimes you just have to sit and wait. <laughs> just, just sit and wait for these planets to, you know, to travel where they're going to travel. And I'm, it's just amazing to me that, yeah, it showed up right on schedule, right on schedule. Yeah. It's amazing. Right on schedule. Other people. Yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, opposition, not square. Sorry. I got that wrong. That just shows if you just wait long enough, karma does its job. And if you do the right thing, and if you talk about doing the right thing with other people and you demonstrate doing the right thing, you don't have to control other people into doing what you want. That's actually unnatural. And, and that's why, again, going back to the shit show that was the beginning of this 118th Congress, there was a lot of controlling behavior going on. That's not how you get things done. That's not how you get things done. Ultimately, no, this, the higher, well, you know, you have, you've been saying this since we started this podcast and, and articulated it so eloquently. And you're absolutely right that the Pluto at the end of Capricorn, which is the powers that be power and resources, governments and corporations. And Capricorn is a hierarchy that suits Capricorn very well. It needs to have a top of the mountain to get to, which means that everything else is below. But Pluto moving into Aquarius for 20 years. Aquarius is a network, airy energy that is group-centric and is more interested in sharing power and resources. So this top-down approach to management is not sustainable over the next 20 years. And we will see the battle over that top-down versus let's all share power, power to the people. Um, we're going to be seeing that played out until 2025, which is when Pluto finally gets into Aquarius for good and doesn't go back into Capricorn anymore. Not in anyone's lifetime. <laughs> for a really, really long time since it takes Pluto 248 years to go around the sun. To go around the thing. So anyway, um, we'll have more to say about that in March, which is when Pluto goes into Aquarius, dips its toe in. But I want to just say a couple of things. So meanwhile, um, we could make other predictions 
about people who were demanding our attention several years ago, such as Nikki Haley and Dolly Parton. And their sun sign is that their sun is at the very end of Capricorn, which is where Pluto is now. Pluto is at 28 degrees of Capricorn. Uh, we can get to 29 Capricorn, and then we get into zero Aquarius. So that's how many degrees there are in a sign. There are 30, 30 degrees. And so any person who was born around January 19th, give or take a day, is in a position of empowerment. They're going to be commanding our attention. And so Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley was back in the news talking about a potential, teasing a, a potential presidential run. And we wrote about this, and we know the royal we, in, in um, the forecast that I write, we could see this coming. Pete Buttigieg is another person who's going to be in a very empowered, much more empowered state over the next couple of years. So is Dolly Parton, which she's just doing everything when she's expanding her baking line with Duncan Hines and she's released a new album. I mean, this woman is the most prolific woman in the universe. Did you see the video I sent you of her new hit single? <laughs> yeah, she's awesome. And so we would, but we expect that because she's, she, her horoscope has been on a tear with multiple planets in her horoscope being amplified to extremes by Pluto as it makes contact with planets in her natal chart. That's how it works. So that's an interesting um, point you're making because I actually, one of the reasons why I thought that video was so funny is because, and she, she says it was based on a dream she had, but it was so unlike Dolly because Dolly is sardonic. Now this is coming from a, a girl who, who, you know, I count myself as a Southerner and the very first album I ever bought was love is like a butterfly by Dolly Parton. I know Dolly. I know Dolly's music. I know every album. She came out with this. Um, Don't make me come down there. And she put herself in the voice of God in this video, right? As you know, Pluto's on around her son. I don't know. Just to me, it was a really extreme and it was, it was kind of like the end of authority kind of a, and the video is hilarious. And the lyrics to the video, just <laughs> to the song, they sound you know, they sound like some of my more um, frightening, even if they're lovable, but still frightening Southern relatives. Okay. So this is a really awesome point that you're making. And so let's address this in astrology because there's more than this Capricorn thing in her horoscope going on. Um, Dolly Parton, her quick look at her horoscope. She has Uranus, the planet of revolution, and I am going to do everything differently. Just watch me. That planet is sitting right at the top of her horoscope. The technical term for that is her midheaven. It's her career status. So she's constantly going to be disrupting and innovating and just, just you cannot put her, this woman in a box. Just, that's it. So Mars has been activating this part of her horoscope that needs to do her thing with freedom and that is different. She's unconventional. She needs to be this way. There's just no way this cannot happen. And one way astrologers measure time is through watching where the planets are now and how they're making contact with the birth chart. Those are called transits. Another way we have of measuring time is through something we call directions, solar arc directions. On December 12th, she had a direction, a solar arc between Uranus, the energy of intensification and the need to be different, and her moon which is the reigning need of her horoscope, all right? So, so she's so what, what that's telling us is 
she's going to be doing, she's going to be willing to disrupt the status quo yet again. And so what you identified was, oh my God, I had never seen her do something this way. And it's like, but we see why she had this need to do something like that. And she followed through on that need Mm -hmm. and delivered Mm -hmm. this video, which was like, wow, we have never seen anything like this before. And yes, of course, that's what we expect. We expect her to break, to break the mold. Okay. So we started this year with three planets. You know, what we told you guys last year was don't expect that you're going to be rushing out of the starting gate on the new year. And everybody's like, oh, it's a new year. Let's go, go, go. No, because Mercury was retrograde and Mars was slowing to, to a standstill as was Uranus. So nothing was going to get going until everything turned direct, which finally everything turned direct as of last weekend. Uranus finally was the last one. Mars, the energy of action in Gemini, the weaponization of words, because Gemini rules communication and ideas. Mars was stationing, slowing to a standstill, right on a planet in the horoscope of the United States. And that planet was our friend Uranus. And Uranus represents intensification and recklessness. And when you combine Mars, the energy of action and aggression and anger with Uranus, you have disruption, upsets, innovation, recklessness. And it's very interesting that the United States started this year, I think we're close to 40 mass shootings and we're not even through January yet. Um, what else? Ah, yes. Yeah. So another thing, the weaponization. Weaponization of, with Mars and Gemini, documents everywhere. It's like <laughs> it's like the trouble with tribbles in Star Trek. You know, these little <laughs> cute little fuzzy things are just dropping on everyone's head. Uh, anyway, so, but what happened was yesterday, um, Mike Pence, who's trying to figure out what he wants to do when he grows up, during the fall last year, did you take any documents? from the White House or whatever. And he said, no, no, I didn't do that. Well, guess what? They found some. And he's been cooperating with the Justice Department in the same way that President Biden has has done that. So that's great. But it's fascinating that Mars and Gemini, the weaponization of words and, and, you know, that's a huge thing. We don't have a timed horoscope for Mike Pence. If I had to hazard a guess, I would say maybe he has an early Scorpio or late degree Libra ascendant. Mike Pence's Venus is at zero degrees of Leo. So he's going to be supercharged in terms of his values uh, coming up in very soon, although it's not going to be exact until 2024. Um, He's in a rather uncomfortable position right now because what do you want me to say about Mike Pence? I, I don't know what there is to say about Mike Pence. Oh, we, no, we were talking about, um, he, he's creepy. I mean, like, we, remember he has the, <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to say about oh, my cat? I, just want, I, I want the astrological explanation for he's creepy. <laughs> no, he's creepy. All right. Well, we don't have it. We don't have a birth time for him. Okay. But if, if we had to hazard a guess, you, you were spot on because you said, I think he probably has Neptune on the angles. 
on the angles, meaning he's presenting some mysterious illusion that things are not as they seem. And, and if I, if I give him a Scorpio rising, early Scorpio ascendant, this sort of inscrutable thing, or possibly late degree Libra, perhaps maybe that is why he comes across as such a people pleaser. Although with the early Scorpio rising, needing to have everything under control and being somewhat inscrutable, we would also have that. I'm, I'm not really sure which one, but he has, but he, this is a horoscope that is interesting. Neptune would be on the ascendant. So he would, he like Rudy Giuliani and Paul Ryan, former house speaker, Paul Ryan. Well, and I was also, I was, I'm sorry to interrupt. I was also thinking of, to me, one of the most weird expressions of an angular Neptune is Bill Barr, who had um, Neptune on the descendant. And I was wondering about Mike Pence being like that. So that's why that had popped into my mind. Yeah. And well, what's interesting with um, Mike Pence's Neptune is that it is in a an exact square to Mars in Leo, yeah. which gets yeah. away with murder. So there is a regal sense of entitlement and his Venus. Wait, let's who, just be fair to listeners who are like, but wait, I have that placement in my chart. So does Elizabeth. <laughs> I have Mars. And, yeah, I have Mars and Leo. I'm, you know, if you want to get upgraded to first class, you need to just, you just need to be in my entourage because some, for, because people sometimes will do nice things. Anybody with a Mars, and uh, you know, it's actually, actually Mars and Leo is a little, um, you have to be careful with that. And there are a lot of um, very challenging people in the world that have Mars and Leo. They, there is an assumption of privilege that often goes, that accompanies the expression of Mars, anger, assertion, courage through, I am the king or the queen. But not you. Well, yeah, <laughs> I try. I have to, you've got to manage it. You know, you have to be aware. Anyway, no, so this horoscope, so he's got Mars square Neptune. Uh, it reminds me of what I believe Governor Greg Abbott has of Texas. I think he has a Mars-Neptune in exact conjunction. Mars with Neptune, the energy of action with the energy of vision. Now, this is a wonderful uh, placement for somebody who needs to go out and inspire somebody like Martin Luther King. I believe Martin Luther King has a challenging Mars-Neptune aspect. And maybe there's some duplicitous stuff going on with how they use their mojo. Bill Clinton, I believe, has a Mars-Neptune conjunction, only it's in Libra. Um, you know, there is this, I mean, Mike Pence is known for his Christianity and his, and his to the point of fanaticism. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's a, he's a zealot. But he's, he's a zealot, zealot who, but, he, but he's not a fire, um, he, he's not on fire with his zealotry, which is a weird way to express it. He's got, he's a sun sign Gemini. I believe he has moon in cancer because the moon changes signs on the day he was born. I believe it's cancer because of his, um, his known fascination with his wife as his mother. Exactly. And, it, and so this suggests that this moon in cancer needs to be prominent. So it's in the early degrees. It's either like zero or one because that's going to draw attention to it. Exactly. And we, yeah. And so, yeah. So there you have it. And if people are like, what are you talking about? Well, he calls his mother, he calls his wife mother. And it's, it's just, it's weird. It's it weird. is weird. 
It's very weird. But anyway, but Mike Pence is going to go down in history for doing the right thing. Ultimately, ultimately, he did the right thing on January 6th. Bless bless him. That was the other thing I wanted you to talk about is is that his when we were just for whatever reason, we were talking about talking is blah, blah, blah. And I was like, hey, look at his chart. Let's see what's going on. And you happen to notice that on January 6th, he had a pretty prominent transit, too. If I, well, when I was yeah, looking at correct. this hatchet job if, if rect- know, rectification, yeah, if, if, if this, if this time that I'm messing around with, what's called rectification, trying to make something right. Um, I, I used a chart that put a tremendous emphasis on empowerment and a breakdown and just shedding an old skin being somehow rising from the ashes which you could argue happened to him on January 6th during that time in his life where there was so much pressure on him to play along with those who were planning to not peacefully transfer power. Yeah, and and you could also say that he nearly died. He was nearly, he nearly killed. And he was nearly, yeah. That was a yeah. very literal trans, um, expression of that transit. Yeah. If, if our supposition is accurate and we do not know because we do not have, uh, we don't have a birth time of record. And when astrologers are rectifying, they're trying to figure out when was this person born? Um, my teacher used to say it's at the pleasure of the astrologer because we're looking, the astrologer is looking to find, it's like you're doing a Rubik's, a Rubik's cube or cracking a safe. You're, you're looking to create a chart, a horoscope that's going to reflect the known events in the past and see if we can use it as a reliable timing tool for events in the future. And yeah, so- it's kind of like fielder's choice in baseball, but I would say that you're probably right because if you were to look at the chart in another, you know, if you were going to rectify it and you came up with a different time, you came up with a different moon, um, January 6th doesn't make as much sense. And it's important to keep that in mind because, it, you know, look, I don't, want to try and make people think that astrology is an exact science. I'm not even sure that I'm interested in presenting it as a science. That being said, I am a data fiend and I really enjoy looking at trends and data and, and so forth. And that is an element of astrology. And so what I'm getting at is we're not sure, but we're approximating and, but we're using good skills and we're using good methods. And so it's not random. It's not like, Oh, we're rectifying it and you're just making it you know, it's not like in science where you pop out a p-value because you want the data to prove what you want to prove, and then it's not chance. It's not like that. We really are using good skills and techniques. So I don't know. I don't want to be defensive, but I am just trying to tell people who don't necessarily have any interest in understanding how to apply astrology and learn the skills and so forth that we're not just ripping this out of our butts. <laughs> it's true. There's an astrologic here. It is time now for the department of they where we show you how the status quo, particularly the media in the status quo, is doing something to distract you from what's actually true. Because what they're trying to do instead of giving you the truth is make you think something that isn't true. Why? It could be for any number of reasons, but usually it is not for a reason that is in your best interest. Yeah. But who, who is actually manipulating the media themselves this time around? Well, we could choose a lot of people. <laughs> So even though there are plenty of 
these people that we could turn to for Department of They. Jim Jordan in particular, I want to keep my eye on. He is the representative from Ohio. And I, I know actually that you've got a thought about his chart. So let's come back to you in a second. But let's at least dis- describe what's going on with him vis-a-vis the Department of They. One of the things that Kevin McCarthy had to do to get the gavel was to give Jim Jordan some prominence. And so he's created a new subcommittee just for Jim Jordan. If you know anything at all about his style, it is to scream and then to scream some more and to scream even louder. That is the way he gets things done is to scream, scream, scream. As an aside, you know what's so weird as I realize when we look at these people's charts, they're the same age we are. They're all having Saturn. I know we're all having Saturn returns. All of them are having Saturn returns. returns. Mm -hmm. And the weird thing to me is, is that I look at them and I go, who are all these old people? <laughs> who are these old? No, seriously, I look at like who are these old bratty <laughs> baby old people? They act yeah. like brats, but they really act like old people brats. I and you know exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. But they're yeah, our they age. It's so yeah. surreal to me. Anyway, yeah. so Jim Jordan got himself appointed to lead a subcommittee called the Weaponization of the Federal Government. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so what does this mean? Everything that they've ever had any investigations into their behavior of will now be turned around. They will do their damnedest to never let those investigations actually complete. And he's been subpoenaed and he either doesn't respond to the subpoenas or he stonewalls and he plays all those same games that we've been talking about before. But now mm-hmm. he's going to be leading a committee where he can do that with our money as taxpayers and with the imprimatur of the guy who's leading the the Republicans in Congress. But here's the big thing. It also means that any connections to the insurrection that occurred on January 6, 2021 are not going to be drawn to Jordan, who has been subpoenaed and who has stonewalled any investigations into his behavior. And I call it a department of they moment because not only is it an obvious play to stop investigations that are happening, they're going to do something else. They're going to pollute the news stream. They're going to put the sugar in the veins of the ones who are just addicted to the junk food of information that comes or, you know, quasi, where I've got air quotes information that comes out of certain news organizations in order to specifically get people to feel ambivalent about the government or just outright hate the government and just start polluting the airwaves with the idea that government should not be trusted. Now, we could talk about that politically, we could talk about that philosophically, but that is specifically what's going to happen. And so the department of they here is, they exist to turn your mind around. They're not there to get down to the bottom of anything. They're not, I mean, they really are telling you what it is that they're doing. They're weaponizing the government themselves. And anytime anyone in power has ever said, we're doing this to stop that behavior that we don't like, they turn around and they are the ones who are doing that behavior. There is a former Republican congressman named David Jolly. Here's what he said about this specific thing with Jim Jordan leading a subcommittee called the weaponization, you know, with the word weaponization in the title. It's a drug on the street for the conservative media and conservative voters. It's exactly what I'm saying. It's just feeding the sugar fix for the zombie nation, for people who are not thinking for themselves. They're taking what they're being told to keep the zombiness alive. And the second point I wanted to make is, is that because we don't have a really functioning, fertile media environment, 
where the reporters who are good at their jobs and really do find it a calling and want to bring you information to help you as a citizen live a better life and support a democracy. And those reporters are there. They just have a hard time being supported fully because that's the reality right now. Again, because the bigger backdrop is organizations are crumbling. So don't panic. It's going to get better. But right now, it just means you have to get better at assessing media for yourself. You have to do your own research. It takes time, but you cannot believe everything. At, you just can't take it at face value. And the status quo in particular is not delivering to you anything that you should necessarily just assume is true. And I'm not saying be cynical, but I am saying be suspicious and develop your own habits of just objectively observing and then asking, do I believe this in my own experience as a human being who's actually functioning? You know, you can trust yourself. Trust yourself. And the thing is, don't take iterative information to be true. Who said? And what power do they have? And why should you believe them? That's it. That's all I'm going to say. The department of they. We've said so much. We've missed you guys. You know, we've missed you. We've missed commenting and all these crazy things that have been going on and some of the fun stuff that's been going on. We've missed telling you the astro logic, sharing it all with you to give you some hopefully helpful and entertaining perspective. We are celebrating our year anniversary. We actually did this for a whole year. And, and we were so, just kind of being like, yeah, let's just see what happens. But, no, but no, we kept growing. No, no, no. But it's fun and it's growing and we're getting wonderful feedback from listeners all over the world, which is just so fantastic. It's just thrilling. So we're going to go weekly. And the idea is let's go weekly because we have two things. We're so incredibly grateful to people who are supporting us financially. And then we keep like, like, how can we reward people who are supporting us? So we thought, well, we want to be speaking weekly at least. And we can do that and reward the people who are supporting us by giving them access to our weekly forecasts. And we will continue to have those who want to listen to us every other week. Well, you can do that. Um, But we're going to do this every week. We figure this is going to allow us to be more streamlined in our broadcasts because we won't have to cover two weeks of material. Every show we will only be covering one week. So that'll be cool. And and maybe do some interviews with some cool people that we've mm-hmm. identified that we think that you might want to hear mm-hmm. about because they are providing some fascinating perspectives on the astonishing synchronicity of astrology and the news, which is a big part of what we are about. So between now and March 7th, we have a special. It's 25% off the cost of an annual subscription for new subscribers. Yeah. So if you've been, if you've been thinking, these guys are fun, I want to support them. Um, we sure appreciate it. And again, if you're not already a subscriber, you can become one at insoul.substack.com and patron subscribers will have access to all the materials that we are going to be putting up in our library. And that includes Mm -hmm. weekly podcasts weekly. And if you'd like to read the forecast on which this podcast is based, then you go to graceastrology.com, fill your hearts with hope, look up at the stars and meet us back here next time for episode 23 the beginning of season two of off 23 the and 23 that's right that's great we didn't even mean to do that no. but that's what we're doing <laughs>